Hello, you're listening to Relatable Roles, an RPG review and actual play podcast. I'm your host, who hopes his computer does not destroy itself during the process of recording this episode, Max Nostorowicz, and as always, by my uh, professional, prepared, and primed co-host, Clark and Bottom. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. I'm also hoping your computer doesn't crash and burn, but also part of me knows that it would be very funny if it did. Yeah, yeah, it would be very fitting for uh, the game we are talking about today. We are reviewing today a game called Hope Is Not A Plan, a journaling game of professional horror. We tried to uh, review this a couple months ago, and then just like everything wrong with my computer went wrong. Like I lost connection, the graphics driver somehow uninstalled itself. It was, it was wild. To borrow some project management terminology, everything on the critical path got fucked. Yeah. Yeah. All of the dependencies shit the bed. Yes. Deliverables were not met. (laughs) We were not able to be agile. No. No. All right. So, Claire, do you want to give us the elevator pitch for Hope Is Not a Plan? Yeah. So. I feel like we spend a lot of time in, like, cosmic and existential horror. So we're, like, you know, a bit more esoteric a lot of times on this podcast. But we can't forget that our normal, boring lives are also just filled with abject terror. (laughs) So this game very much feeds into the the terror and the stress and the horror of normal life. Um... So Hope Is Not A Plan is a solo journaling game, um, which is always fun to have because sometimes you want to do things on your own, um, where you kind of imagine and then document and perform your effort as a project manager to bring this complex engineering project into fruition on time, under budget, uh, and for all listeners who do any sort of engineering or project management you know that that is um, probably the closest to Cthulhu that you can get to in um, normal everyday life. Um, So yeah, solo single player journaling game, Um, but it does have a lot of really cool mechanics uh, in so much as it's, uh, it incorporates uh, a tumbling block tower, the cute uh, non copyright name of a Jenga (laughs) Jenga tower. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a way to like, it it gives physicality to the to the stress and the and the horror, which I think is cool. But yeah, so it's about just being a, a project manager and trying to actually succeed in one of your projects. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start off with talking about the tumbling block tower, or that I'm just going to call it a Jenga tower because yeah. that's that's what it is. So throughout the game, you'll be flipping through a deck of cards, which are sort of your um, events as it were, of what happens when you're uh, managing this project. And much like in Session Zero, uh, the decks of cards are uh, or, uh, organized by, by suit as far as if, it, if the events deal with your client itself, uh, your team, your company, or your own personal life. And uh, throughout the game, the certain... Um, cards will tell will tell you to draw a block from the tower and if at any point during the game the tower falls your project has failed hopefully spectacularly in a blaze of glory because losing is just sometimes 
just as fun uh, as winning these kind of games. Uh, as anyone who's listened to me playing Caleb Stokes' Delta Green RPGs, where I'm just like, I'm stepping on that landmine. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. Roll drive, um, roll ride, roll drive, roll ride. Oh, gosh, the number of drive <laughs> checks that I've failed over the years. Fumbles, so many fumbles. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... The Jenga block, the Jenga tower, I think is a great um, mechanic for this like level of tension that uh, the game is trying to instill. I think very effectively, as in comparison with um, dice, where you can roll them and they can go poorly, and you're like, oh well, that's just luck. I have no actual control over the situation. When you're playing Jenga, it is entirely on you like you cannot blame a uh a, a bad jenga pole as you were the person who you know was nudging out the block unless you were uh you're playing this game on your own in seattle this past weekend where the taylor swift concert caused an earthquake then you can kind of really extenuating circumstances yes uh the the seismometer or whatever seismograph mm-hmm. in in seattle picked up larger spikes from the Taylor Swift concert than it did the last earthquake that went through Seattle. Wow. Wow. That's that's wild. I know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully their infrastructure is uh <laughs> sound probably. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, so, yeah, I hope not a plan. Kind of Jenga situation. <laughs> um, it's kind yeah. of on you if you knock it over. Mhm. Kind of uh, building off the the Jenga tower is the game gives alternatives, um, whether you're using dice or online dice, which I think is a very good way of making this game more accessible. But I don't know if it's going to have that same je ne sais quoi feeling of dread. It loses you... the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, oh, well, it's a roll the dice, you know. Um also, something I learned recently about like actual licensed Jenga, not all the blocks are the same size. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there is are there are uh slight variations on the blocks that don't make that make some easier to pull than others, which I thought was a very interesting aspect to that. Yeah, I mean it makes which... sense because some of them are obnoxiously difficult to pull even when they have support on all edges. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I feel like I've learned something new today, <laughs> if nothing else. So, Claire, do you want to go through a sample uh, setup of this game where we find out what we're going to be doing in this? Yeah. As it were? Um, well, first, before we fully get into that, I do okay. love... No, I've just it's part of the setup, though, but that each chapter uh, of the game itself, like in the table of contents, has a specific like project management, project life cycle, cycle title, like instead of materials or like, here's like the list of, you know, dice and whatever you need, it's office supplies. And then when you like define your client, it's onboarding. And then there's pre-sale and kickoff. So each like phase of the game has like an aligned PM, like jargon. So it's very office jargony, which I think is very fun. Um, So we talked a little bit about the office supplies that you need, Um, but then you move into onboarding. So you start taking up your notes. So you um, 
define the company that you work for? So are you a big, you know, consulting firm? Um, are you an in-house within the engineering company? Do you like, are you a specialist that works on one type of very complex project? So you kind of define who you are and what role you play as a project manager. And then you can also pick out your client. So is it, you know, in-house? Is it another company? You know, deal with, you deal with who you want to do there. But then once you move into the the pre-sale portion uh, is when you like define that engineering project that you're trying to deliver. So you can come up, you know, completely with your own idea. If you have something, you know, you're like, I really want to do something internet based. So I'm going to do this server project. You know, maybe you have something already in mind, but there are some really nice tables in here where you can um, roll a die twice um, and get kind of a market for uh, what you want to do. So if you roll two six-sided dice and get a three and a three, you're in education. So you can kind of help give you some ideas there if you'd like. And then you can pick out, you know, the location of the project. Are you going to a customer's office? Is it going to be a new building? What are you doing? Um, and then defining the problem you're trying to fix. You know, are you manufacturing something? Are you doing some sort of testing? Are you doing research and development? Are you doing compliance projects? So there's a lot of suggestions to kind of walk you through there. And then there's a ton of different engineering specialties that it brings up and defines for you gives you a lot of you know engineering buzzwords so mm -hmm. even if you're not an engineer uh you can kind of come up with an engineering project as it guides you through um and then it gives you some considerations things to keep in mind so you know materials logistics what kind of equipment do you need is the software that you're going to need available or do you need to develop it like what kind of legalities are involved. So um walks you through all of that and, and gives you some good examples as well. So even if you are a non-engineer, you can still uh get assistance coming up with some sort of engineering project to uh to attack in this game. Yeah, this game does I think a great job of really immersing yourself into the world of this project management game that you're um role playing as for my random dice rolls i got like probably the most soul crushing of the uh industry vertical table telecom <laughs> so for telecom let's say that's compliance and reporting which is oh as someone who is marrying someone in the telecom industry i am aware that it's a nightmare <laughs> yeah from the design of this game even only this is a pretty brief p uh, pdf only mm -hmm. 30 pages with covers yeah. you can tell that this is someone who lives and breathes this kind of life yeah and then uh, after you've determined all of the uh you know your your very fleshed out engineering project management background you do a couple polls from the uh jenga tower to kind of make it unsturdy at uh as it were yeah, and just throughout the book too, um, kind of going off what you said, the person who wrote this has obviously has a background in engineering PM. Um, every couple of pages, 
there's like a funny definition at the bottom of the page um, like of a project management term and then like a sassy definition for this. Like for example, right now I'm looking at page 11, which is where we're talking about the kickoff. Um, the, the buzzword on this page is risk. Uh, and the definition that they give for risk is anything that could add cost or cause schedule delays. Key engineer goes on paternal leave. Labor unrest in Belgium. Rain. Literally anything. <laughs> and so they're all just very, very funny. And you can tell they're all from a place of like, personal deep pain and anguish yeah yeah so as you are aware and some of our listeners may be aware i do work in the engineering field so a lot of this is very hits close to home i will say which um kind of influenced my overall thoughts about this game but we'll save those for the end or later as it were but throughout the game, once you're actually journaling your project management life cycle, uh, you roll a die um, and flip over that many cards, um, keeping them face down. You turn over the cards and you consult the little uh, risk register where they have all your your centered set of 52 cards. Do what the card says. So just pulling a random one. Uh, some of them don't do anything, like the Six of Diamonds, which is your offshore engineering team has a lengthy local holiday that you did not plan for. That's just, oh well. <laughs> or there's uh, something a little more meaty, as it were, like the Eight of Clubs. You are the only one who reads all the fine print in the customer's terms and conditions. You find their insurance requirements are much higher than your company is currently carrying. Accounting wants the increased cost to come out of your project budget. Pull from the tower. So a number of just things that'll either make you draw from the Jenga tower or uh, progress towards the victory condition, which the overall goal of this game is to find the ace of hearts from the deck and you put 10 tokens on it at the end of each of your turns you roll a, a, a d6 if you get a six you remove a token from the card you automatically get to remove a token uh, the first turn that you find it if you successfully remove all tokens the project is complete after you complete the game you pick a final pull from the tower if the tower stands the client is satisfied and signs the acceptance uh, you submit the final status report to document the occasion. If the tower falls, you deliver the project, but the clients are not happy and you take the blame. Write a final note before you clean out your desk. Then the game is over. So it's a game where even if you win, you still can lose. So it's uh, it's an interesting little game in the sense that you're supposed to like you know write up your little deliverable every time that you go through your turn to kind of just mm -hmm. track what you've been doing, um, which... Yeah. Again, it's like, yep, that sounds There's like a lot of documentation involved. Um, but one thing I really like too, with kind of the the you know gameplay loop mechanic um, of of drawing the cards, is that the um, the spades suit is about like you and your family and your personal life, which I think is a really smart thing to include because when you're on these kind of big, never-ending projects that have things consistently going wrong, like. Yeah, that's obviously going to impact your regular life too. It like makes me think of the the bonds and the home scenes in Delta Green, where it's like mm -hmm. you can't leave work at work. Um, yeah. So, for example, like if you were to make the 
uh, worst possible pull, so the lowest value of that suit, which is would be the two of spades. It's the site visit was supposed to be one week. Now it is three. Pull from the tower. So you have to deal with the fallout of, you know, changing your plans with your family. You have to touch the tower. You can't leave work at work. So I think that really adds to like the the everyday horror of it where it's, you know, you don't have the option to just go home and turn it off because a lot of the cards that you're going to pull will be affecting your home life, usually pretty negatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and everyone's, I think, yeah, everyone has dealt with this in the professional workplace. Like I had someone who was supposed to be doing a job for me, a family emergency arose and it was like, well, got to find someone else to do it now because, you know, those things take priority. And there's one particular one I want to mention that really made me like raise my eyebrow about this game, which is the King of Spades, which is you and your life partner decide to grow your family, either by birth or adoption. You're surprised and delighted to end up with twins. You are then sent on a six-week business trip, leaving your partner to care for your new children alone. The Kings are a uh, special suit that if you draw all four of them, the game ends, like you fail. But this one is like way too yeah, specific real. To, for me to be in like, hmm. And near the end of the book, there's a statement from the author, 30 items from the risk register are drawn directly from personal experience during many years of work as a project manager, including the King of Spades. So that's over, that's over half of the deck. Um, you know, some of them are very generic enough like you know you're scheduled to travel during a religious holiday important to you that your client does not observe how do you handle the conversation sure yeah but a lot of these are just scathingly like they, they cuts cuts through the fat and being like "Ooh, yeah like that's i want to say it's triggering but There's, gives you me can pause tell they're very human <laughs> yeah yeah like the, the one that stuck out to me too the first time i read it was um was it the the four of clubs uh, it's inappropriate behavior by a senior member of the company at the holiday party causes one of your best engineers to leave the company. How does this affect the project? Yeah, that sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds like that probably has happened. Your boss forces you to take a vacation to help you relax, stuff, hold context for all activities and flight. Your boss agrees to some things that you would not have approved. If the contract has not been signed, pull from the tower, discard this block instead of replacing it on top of the tower. The contract has been signed Perform a change request. So, yeah, change requests are things that can be done to either add or remove tokens from that Ace of Hearts, uh, which can go well or very poorly. So the um, it's a uh, it's very interesting push and pull mechanic, both on the Jenga Tower, both on the Ace of Hearts, the uh, the suit collection of the Kings, which can just screw you over without you know, much realizing, without really realizing it, but that's how this game goes, or how professional life goes as far as project management happens. So, but that's the entirety of the game. It's a, it's a quick little journaling RPG. Uh, Claire, anything that I left out um, on the overview? And one thing that I... I mean, maybe like is not the right word. Appreciate that it is included. Um, is you know, for any listener who has done any sort of either official or unofficial project management, a big part of like the kumbaya of project management is like that 
post-mortem meeting, either at the end of each cycle if you're doing Agile or at the very end if you're doing Waterfall, you have to have that conversation of what went well, what did we learn, what didn't go well, what can we change next time? And I like that there is a specific post-mortem in this game after you reach the end game in some way. Um, so either your project is successful or it is not. Once you have hit the end, you still have to do that post-mortem step of how did it go for the character and how did it go for you as the player. Um, so it's kind of your, you know, corporate reflection of how did things go. So I appreciate having a quote-unquote post-mortem <laughs> mechanic built in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a uh, New Game Plus one-pager on how to give you a couple advantages uh, to make the game a little a little easier. Um, which I think still make would make the game a little more likely to succeed, as it were. I still think it is going to be a, a difficult game to quote-unquote win by by design but i do like that there is a that, that that this is an option and it's odd because like new game plus usually is the it's harder now mm -hmm. so yeah and that like as you can it's starting on your third game so if you play three times you're promoted to senior project manager and you uh don't have to start the game until a contract is signed. So you already have the Ace of Hearts like up and available because now you have enough sway to be like, okay, I'm gonna do this project, but not until you have a signed contract in hand, because I have that kind of leverage now. Mm -hmm. Um so I like that that kind of reflects real life uh, a bit more. And I I do like too that it's not not after you have won three games, it's after you have played three games, because as a project manager, you get that experience sometimes whether or not you succeed as long as you don't get fired. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is like the, the uh, way of like leveling up in this game is going through the game as on your second playthrough, you remove a, um, uh, a, a token from the Ace of Arts on a five or six. And on the third one, when you were the senior senior project manager, it's four through six, so it becomes much easier to 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 finish the game. Mm -hmm. uh, in theory, an interesting way of handling like a level up mechanic uh, yeah. for this type of game. So this brings us to an interesting discussion of would we play this game? It's hard because this is so much of my real life that. Even because, like, I play a lot of games that are bleak and disappointing and depressing, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but they still have some sort of, at least some aspect of escapism to them. Yeah. <laughs> this is so similar to what a lot of my daily life is that I, I think I, I would want to play it once just to, like, play it and have a good time and maybe then i could do the things i don't always get to do like tell someone to fuck off um <laughs> without well, that's because you haven't become a that's because you have not become a senior project management Correct. manager yet Claire. <laughs> yeah yeah um but it's this is so real life that it's it feels like the bleak i've played like i played god's teeth mm -hmm. and this feels bleaker than god's teeth sometimes yeah um I would probably pass on on this one. 
as we've kind of talked about before, like journaling or journaling RPGs typically aren't my speed. Um, it kind of has to be a theme that I particularly enjoy. Like I like Thousand Year Vampire because it's just mwah. But I think this is a very elegant design. Uh, I like the the implementation of both the card deck and the Jenga tower. I really think it um, nails that feeling of control and also randomness. And this very much feels like a game that is designed to give players a little bit of control over a situation in which you typically do not have much. Yeah. It still is very random and punishing and grueling. And so in that sense, like I think it really nails what it's trying to do. But it's not a game I can see myself enjoying, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think also because of like the journaling aspect of it is also like that's to me that's kind of what breaks the camel's back in the sense of like I must now write down what happened and it's just like oh my god this is like my regular nine to five position and this came out in 2021 and it very much feels like a game that came out during covid yeah because if any as anyone in engineering or logistics can tell you this has just been a fucking shit show for getting stuff done or unexpected things arising over the last last couple years so uh thankfully some of that's kind of dying down at least for me professionally uh so i can get back to regular business as it were but this game is elegantly brutal is what i will yeah i I, I think that's the best way to describe it like i can even as someone who hasn't played it just as someone you know who has read through it a few times it's a brilliant game like it's it's smart it is sarcastic it's like witty and a little bit biting but it's also too real and too scary it's scary in a way that i know i could like have to live or run into um so it's it's I think bleak is just like the first word that comes into my mind when I read through it. It's just it's bleak, but in mm-hmm. the, but in an entertaining way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you bring up the the brutality of it because like in the second page of the uh of the book there's the health and safety section which this game includes themes of stress, professional disappointment, failure to meet obligations to friends and family, getting blamed for things you have no control over and job loss. Which, that's a very, like, that's a very different kind of content warning than, like, most games deal with. So, we've played Bleak stuff before. You mentioned, you know, Delta Green, which we're always going to go back to, because that's our, that's that's the cornerstone of of this entire thing. And in the way that um, most Delta Green players I know are on the pretty left side of the political spectrum who have very strong uh, feelings about various forms of law enforcement or government regulations and such like that. And even though a lot of people you know, have those views, they still play a game as federal agents as a kind of cathartic way of like releasing some of those yeah. anxieties. 
So it's and I and I can kind of see this game kind of serving in the same way, but yeah, definitely one of the most brutal games we've we've talked about, but, yeah. but for a completely different way. Brutal in a non-escapism kind of way, which is yeah. I think it, it makes it even more brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So as this game was a uh, a byproduct of COVID in one way or the other, or COVID has uh, looms heavily over it. I kind of wanted to talk about a somewhat similar game that I was actually developing. It was a board game. Uh, through at the end of 2019. Um, it was a board game uh, titled Project Management Simulator, or Force Majeure was my um, like catchy title for it. Force Majeure mm -hmm. is a uh, legal term where you are not able to deliver on a contract due to some unforeseen events a flood a plant exploding uh, global pandemic global, global pandemic uh labor shortages stuff like that and so it was a worker placement game where each player would um manage an office and you had workers who had varying levels of uh skill salary stress and the objective of the game was to complete various projects to gain money or points. Because at the end of the game, uh, your cash flow was your equivalent to your victory points. And the game was to be played over uh, three years. Each year has four quarters. So each quarter you would do things. And you would assign your little workers to doing projects, you know, of like varying degrees of uh, difficulty and like how much, how long it took to complete them. Um, how stressful of projects they were, which was the damage your workers would take, and then the reward of how much money you got for completing the contract. And each turn, your, your each quarter, your workers would work on the little projects. But uh, to keep the game from being too spreadsheet manager, I I came up with like random event cards, like tr it's it, construction season. Your workers commute; it takes longer than usual. Add plus one stress to all your workers holiday party reduce one stress from all yeah. workers and, and stuff like that and then end of the year uh there was like salary renegotiations so you could increase your salary of your workers to uh make them better but they cost more to upkeep mm -hmm. or your or other players could make counter offers to try to poach workers from one office to the other and i was like oh this is a fun little like it was a very like fun of like taking like the the grind of working in an office but like very having to be like very very tongue-in-cheek mm -hmm. and i was starting to come up with like asymmetrical player powers of like oh one person allows telework like minus one stress for all your guys but minus yeah. one productivity or whatever and then the pandemic happened and i just it Couldn't died it. The, yeah. the the entire thing just that the very concept of working in an office day in day out amongst other people like the, it just became like an alien concept to me and i haven't looked at the documents in years at this point and i think that's it's a side effect i think i think of the last yeah. couple of years do i think it's still a fun idea yeah i i think so but like do i have any real desire to think about that do do more of that not not really no blame you it was still kind of a just a, a fun little a fun little like way to like get the gears of my brain turning yeah. before I had you know these other creative outlets that I've gotten into in the last couple of years. So, but 
Yeah, with uh, with Gen Con coming up, I've been thinking, you know, more about like game design and things like that because half the stuff we talk about on this podcast are games we picked up at uh at Gen Con just because that's a great justification to to buy uh to buy things and support uh indie creators. So, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think that's uh enough for uh. Hope yeah, is now not I'm a depressed plan. and have the Sunday scaries. <laughs> uh, go take a nap. <laughs> Great way to spend a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. It's it's still early enough that yeah. if, if you take a nap now, you're not going to just like fuck over early your day, entire Monday. Yeah. yeah. But Claire, uh, where can people find all of our stuff? You can find all of our stuff at RelatableRoles.com. You can find links to our social media. We are at RelatableRoles on um, whatever Elon Musk decides to call the Twitter machine by the time this episode comes out. Uh, And we are at RelatableRoles Podcast on Instagram. We are not on threads yet because I refuse to touch another thing at this point. Uh, you can find our episodes on our website, but you can also listen to them wherever you prefer to consume your podcast content. If you do consume your podcast content somewhere that has a rating and review mechanic, we would love it if you gave us a rating and review so that other people can find us with the magic of the algorithm. Yeah. Tell us what kind of games you want to play. We're in between doing big projects, so we're going to get weird with some stuff yeah. in the future, hopefully. About to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the good way. In a good way, obviously. Yeah, obviously. How else will we do it? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for uh, checking out this episode on Hope is Not a Plan. Um, you can get a copy of this on itch.io. We got this from one of the various bundles over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. It's a it's an interesting um, RPG, at least from a from from the design standpoint. There's a there's a lot of just neat things here that I think any aspiring designer in either the journaling solo game space or implementation of the Jenga tower would definitely be worth uh, reading. Cause it doesn't have to be D 20s and D 10s all the time. So yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we'll catch you guys later until then. Uh, hope you make those deliverables and uh, you don't have uh, random work mishaps. You're really not helping my Sunday scaries, Max. <laughs> I'm only one man. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye, Elsewhere.